Welcome to the Life Giver Podcast. This is your host, Corey Weathers. I'm a clinician, military spouse, and advocate, and my co-host for this season is Sarah Foster, a first responder spouse, mom, and homesteader. Join us for season seven, where we invite you into honest conversation about life, family, and home. So grab that cup of coffee or head out for a walk. It's time to reconnect with what matters most. Through all the storms I'm by your side Through days of warmth I'm by your side Like the stars and the moon in the nighttime sky I'm by your side Welcome to the Life Giver Podcast. It is season seven. So I'm so happy to be back. I'm so glad you guys are back listening. Um, We're going to talk all today about this whole seventh season, what it's going to be about, what we're going to focus on. But first, I have to introduce my co-host for this season. It is definitely a new thing to have a co-host, but it's something that's been on my mind for a very long time. You probably remember her from season six and also maybe in a previous season before that. I don't even know which seasons they are, but I have Sarah Foster here co-hosting with me, um, and I'm so excited to have Sarah back where we can bounce back and forth. Sarah, say hello. Welcome to Life Giver again. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Welcome season seven, six, five, four. I think this is the original (laughs) one I was on. It was all part of the strategy, I think. (laughs) You know, um, we've kind of shared this several times um, over the last several seasons that you've been on. You've just been on my mind for, for a long time. One, because um, you're a first responder spouse, and that was something that I wanted to do different this year is to have that, you know, we have a lot of first responder families that are listening in um, to the podcast, and I'm so grateful for that. And it's my honor to try my best to encourage, you know, all these different camps, right? We got the first responder camp, the, the active duty reserve kind of camp, National Guard. And then we also have the veteran community as well. And so um, I just knew as we kind of were getting closer to this season, um, well, honestly, I've always kind of felt like I'm doing the best that I can to serve the first responder culture, but I really am living the active duty life. And so um, on one hand, I was excited to have you join me because you really bring that first responder perspective. And when we had the opportunity, I did strengths coaching for you and your husband, which was super fun. Um, Sarah actually interviewed Kenny in a previous episode last season. So if you've not heard that, please do. It's so fun and entertaining to listen to Kenny. You guys are like totally opposite, like all of us are with our spouses. And so, um, I've always called Sarah my sunshine. Like she's got positivity in her top five. I I think you do, don't you? You have restorative in your top five, but I always envision you have positivity. Do you? Don't. I think it's, I don't know if it's the woo that you catch because it's in the top 10. I don't know. I don't really know what it is um, because I don't think restorative is like a very sunshiny quality. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It is my number one. So it's number one for me, but I don't know. Yeah. Behind the scenes, I've seen a little bit of your restorative, which I love and I'm so thankful for. But I think you guys would agree, like you can just hear in Sarah's voice that it seems like she's always smiling. And so you definitely have empathy in your top five and you have communication in your top five. And so you just kind of are always in the back of my mind as kind of like, 
I mean, not to get like weird here, but like a yin yang, you know, to me, right? Like it's an opposite. I tend to have a little bit of a serious kind of thoughtful tone to the way that I talk and the way that I think. And whenever I'm talking with you, you're a little bit more extroverted than I am. And so you have so much energy and positivity that usually comes from you. And just like the, the way that you talk is faster too. And so I, I had always thought like, what would it be like to co-host with Sarah and see how that kind of, we weave this conversation in a way that kind of brings a balance to not only what you guys are hearing, if you have earphones in right now, like what you audibly are hearing, but also um, just the different style of energy between the two of us, different um, ways of thinking, and also bringing the first responder side of things, the civilian side of things, um, is just, I think, so valuable. So I'm very excited to have you with me, Sarah. It's going to be a blast this season. So welcome to Life Giver as a co-host. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. You know, I have been a listener of Life Giver, and I, I shared this last time since I think it was the third season or whenever I connected with you and, and found Life Giver. And I remember at times um, thinking like I would listen to interviews and I'd be like, oh, that's so good. What about this? Like, how does it apply specifically? I can see that like the bigger context, but how could I apply it to my first responder life? Um, and so I'm happy to be that. That's what I want to be in season mm -hmm. seven and um, just represent that group of like the opportunity to kind of interject and be like, yes, like I understand this theme that you're talking about. And then how do we, how does that apply over here in this camp? Yeah. So it's going to be great. Yeah. And so we're going to dive in today and talk about what season seven looks like and um, what we're hoping to cover. Um, I'm so grateful. Sarah has, um, in true transparency, she has organized my life for the past six months, I think. Um, she has just come on board to help me organize content and um, be a thought partner and just kind of thinking through this next year. And it's been so valuable. And so we've had lots of conversations about where do we go content-wise. Um, I know like many of you guys listening right now, um, there is so much information. There's so much content that's out in the world and it is so noisy. And I have told Sarah so many times, I don't want to do, I don't want to do anything that just contributes to the noise. Like I really want to put out content that actually makes you guys think, uh, it maybe makes me think. And then um, how do you chew on that and become better on the other side? And so um, we're going to kind of share a little bit of our thinking and what <clears throat> what led us up to deciding that reconnect was going to be the season theme. And so um, I've been, you know, leaking out over Instagram, um, the album cover, and we're going to talk a little bit about why does the album cover look the way that it does. And so there is a reason for everything. And so I have Sarah to thank for just talking with me through all of that and being a little bit more intentional with this year than I've been able to do on, on my own in previous seasons. So Sarah, thank you for that. So let's, um, let's go back and let's talk about some of our conversations. There's been so many in the past six months. Um, <clears throat> I would say probably most of our meetings have been me going, Sarah, like, what is the state of the world right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> just such a big question <laughs> to lump on someone on like a Tuesday morning at like 10 o'clock in the morning. But like, what's the state of the world and what are, where are people at and what are people feeling right now? And then what do they actually need? And I think that was the biggest question is like, what do we actually need? And so 
we've been just kind of talking about all that we've been through in the last two years that has dramatically shifted everything that we do from education with our kids to um, what family time looks like, what work looks like for a lot of you has shifted, how we treat people, how we see each other, like all of that, how we go to church has changed, like how we read books or whether or not we read books anymore and just listen, you know, to an audiobook or YouTube, everything has shifted. It feels like a majority of that in the last two years. And so um, I'm going to let you start, Sarah, and just kind of um, give your thoughts on like, as you think back to our conversations, what do you, I'm going to ask the question again, what's the state of the world? <laughs> but no, what do you feel like, um, what do you think about it when you think back on the last two years, what have we all gone through and where do you feel like people are right now? And you can just speak for yourself too. Yeah. I, well, I think it is a really like loaded and heavy question just because, we are all unique in a lot of ways in the way we process the world, the way we see the world, where we're at at a pinpoint in time. Um, so for me, I've been stuck in like nostalgia. Like I, and I think, and, and I'm not saying it's necessarily a healthy thing where I'm like, I just want to go back. But like, you just, sometimes you just want to go back. Like, I want to go way back to like hip hugger jeans and like track pants, like I'm like, and big bang bang. I'm like, let's just go back. But I can't go back that far. But I, I just have kind of in rethinking, um, I think for every community, if you really just kind of try to summarize where we were, because it's March right now as we record this. And so literally to, and that's what I mean, I have to do the math in my head because it feels like forever and then not so long ago. So that was two years ago because it's 2022. So this all would have mm -hmm. been starting. And so I think what all of us could do is we could go back to that first point and recognize that the way we felt then is not the way we feel now. Like, yeah. like just when you think about what stuff was coming in, you know, at that time being in the first responder community, there was, um, for me, there was a little bit of like jealousy, seeing everybody get to shut down and knowing, well, we don't shut mm -hmm. down. There was a little bit of fear of like, okay, well, we've done the whole, like, um, <laughs> strip down in the garage. Cause you ain't bringing that in here. Like, like yeah. put all your clothes in a bag and walk, you know, naked through the garage. Cause you're not going to be in with anything of that. Like we're going to lice all your boots. And we've done that for years. Like that was long before, you know, COVID, but, but you know, having a kid who, um, I had every cold would go to the lungs and now you're hearing, okay, here's this like lung thing, right? Like in, in the beginning and like, we can't shut it down. I, I remember seeing in, in first responder groups, there were families that were choosing their husbands were going and living in hotels just so they mm -hmm. wouldn't bring it home, so to speak. But then that is only sustainable for so long. And then you start to realize, okay, this thing is here to stay or what's really happening. And how am I going to choose to live my life in the midst of risk? Because that's really, I mean, that's a first responder, just speaking for our side, that's, that's our whole life in a nutshell. Like, how are we going to live normally in the face of high risk, you know, and what is living, you know, if we, allow so much fear or so much stuff to control? Like, are we truly living? Um, so how do we navigate and be smart, but also not paralyzed by risk in life? And so, um, yeah. And then, that, so for us, it, it was a lot of like, kind of thinking, well, I wish that you could stay home. Like, I wish we, <laughs> I wish you could be home for two weeks and, you know, just kind of dealing with some of that. Um, to then, you know, what we moved into on a social aspect and feeling, whereas I think a lot of people were feeling unsafe, maybe in the beginning 
for us, it, I remember feeling very like, oh my, I just want to be in a cave. Um, when, when more of the social things began and how isolating that was. And so, um, and then 2021, I don't even really remember, but I just feel like I'm getting, I think I'm just, we're all just grittier could be mm-hmm. bad, could be good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think some of it's good, mm-hmm. some of it's bad. I think we've just been, or personally for me, I found at the end of 2021, I'm like, ooh, I've become really reactive just to everything, just from living in a state of always reacting and being feeling like I'm just kind of at the mercy of everything around me. Um, mm-hmm. And so again, kind of having another, one of those moments where it's like, well, the, I need to stop being reactive. Like I like that's, that's been a nice ride, but it's time to wrap that up because that's not sustainable either. And it's just (laughs) a lot of things. (laughs) I feel like we could like re we're not going to rename the season, but like that would have been a really great name of like wrap it up. Just wrap it up. No, I, I definitely think that should have been in the running for a really good, good season name. Cause I think that's where we've been at. And so I think from, the military side, not to like, you know, re-bring back all of season six, right? Because right? Right. I mean, I talked a lot about it, but, um, you know, when you talk about being reactive, I definitely know our family was reacting to everything. Um, and it was all out of good intentions to try to figure out how to adult through any of this. And mm-hmm. so I think when you're trying your best to make good decisions for your kids, for your job, for your work, for going grocery shopping, like all of those things, um, I think we just got so exhausted from every tiny decision was a big decision, right? Mm-hmm. That, that um, I really saw, I know our family, our adrenal glands were just shot of like just the constant spikes of adrenaline of like, you know, we, I think that this is the new normal. And so um, I think I said it in the season finale. I know I've said it before when, where I was talking with spouses and I would say, how are you doing? And they'd be like, I'm doing great. But really they're at like a very um, intense, stressful season of their life, but they're say, they're feeling great compared to if the, like the world is burning. Right. So as long as their own personal world is not burning, everybody's like, I'm good. Like, you know, and so we forget how high our threshold for stress actually is. And then we find ourselves living in this space where it is really stressful, um, but we don't even acknowledge it anymore. It's like becoming nose blind to our, to the stress in our life. And so I think we forget sometimes like what is actually happening in our mind and our body. This is, you know, a few months ago, things have calmed down, but like last year in 2021, it's funny that you were like, I don't know if I even remember it (laughs) because it's like a trauma, you know, but like, I think we don't, I don't think we don't realize when you're walking into a store and you're evaluating everything. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Are they wearing masks? Like all of those little tiny, tiny decisions that mean so much. Like, do I keep my kids home? Do I send my kids? Do I make them wear masks? What is that going to do to their social skills? Like all of those little small decisions meant everything. And our family definitely went on that roller coaster ride for sure, where every day was another major decision and we were in reactive mode too. And so that's one of the things um, that's on our list to actually do a whole episode on is um, how do we kind of break this pattern of being reactive and um, and slow down maybe a little bit. And I'm so excited, Sarah, you're going to have to help me with that one because you've really been thoughtful in that way lately about 
paying attention to your mind and your body and what does it actually mean to be less reactive. So that's definitely um, one of the things that we're going to talk about. I know um, for me, whenever we would have these conversations, I kind of had this picture in my mind of like the front porch. And I, I mean, I held onto it for a very long time. And, um, I was like, should the album cover be a front porch? Should it be like front? I just, it just had this picture in my mind. And I think it came from this idea of what does it mean to just come back home? Like the world is so noisy. There's so much content. There's so much news. There's so much skepticism about that news. There's um, so much that we've seen from humanity. And like, what does it mean to kind of circle the wagons and just come home? And like, like, kind of going back to track pants and <laughs> easier times of but in a similar way I yeah. think I was like yeah. I need something to be simpler mm-hmm. like everything has been so much that I think I was longing for something simple and calm and safe and uh and kind of coming back home and to the things that I can control was maybe the beginning of that And then prior to us coming together today to record, um, it occurred to me, I think another place that was coming from was I went to listen to Matt speak on, um, he was having to teach a spirituality course, and this is not a spiritual thing, but he, in his introduction to the topic, he was talking about how the the workshop that he was leading, he was like, we're going to have what I like to call front porch conversations that's what we're going to have today. And he was like, you know, there's lots of kinds of conversations we can have. We can have like on the way, you know, if you have like one of those mailboxes, like we do, where you have to walk to the end of the block just to get to your mailbox. Right. Or if you're walking by neighbors, there's like in the driveway or on the street conversation with your neighbors. Right. And those conversations are different than the kind of conversations you have on the front porch and the French front porch front porch conversations are different than the kind of conversations you have at the dinner table right? There's dinner table conversations and those tend to be maybe um, deeper conversations where you're sticking around for a while and you could have dinner guests that stay for three hours and it's a safe place to have like some really tough conversations. But there's something safe about the front porch too. It's like, this is this is my spot. We're outside. We can linger here. We can feel safe here. And I think that was part of what I was vision casting for this season too, was I really just want to bring it back home and I want to have tough conversations. I want to talk about what's real in a way that's safe. Um, but I just had this idea of like, just sit on the front porch back to when it was simple and let's call people to a simpler time or maybe a simpler way of thinking. Now that does not mean that we are encouraging you guys to like go off the grid completely. Right. And disconnect from everything that is, because I don't think that that's going to help you in the long run. As much as I want to do that, but um, I'm going to actually throw it back to Sarah. Yeah, Sarah, because I mean, you you are my alter ego in a way. Like you are. What superhero does that make me then? If you're Wonder Woman, oh, what am I? I? No, <laughs> there's like there's like different alter egos, right? There's like the warrior Amazonian like CrossFitter that I would love to be. Right? Yes, like, that one's not me. <laughs> it's not Sarah. But there's like the part of me that's like, when I'm going into battle, that's who I need to call upon. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, Sarah, you are like, you haven't had to move. You guys bought a piece of property. It's a fixer upper. You have this little homestead in Virginia, which is beautiful. Um, You're homeschooling your kids. um, And you just, 
I know that your life isn't necessarily what I think it is, right? But it seems to me like you have you have made some decisions as a family to calm down what you can calm down mm-hmm. and create an atmosphere where you guys can hopefully thrive and be creative. So would you mind, maybe you were getting, getting ready to say something else, but I'm just share, why did you guys make that decision um, as a first responder family? And, and keep in mind, those of you who are listening, her husband is, is on the SWAT team. Like this is not like he has, um, I mean, all jobs are different, but it's an intense job. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I have to say this first, cause I'm so symbolic and I think this is really good. So playing off of Matt saying the different conversations and kind of setting the stages. And when you think about the front porch, you think, okay, when you're sitting on the front porch behind you is the safety of your home. And in front of you mm-hmm. is the view of the world. So Mm -hmm. it's not shutting yourself out, like you said, and just completely removing that perspective of the world looking out, but it's from a safety point of being at the safe place of your home. And I love that. I do too. I really, I mean, that really just came to me as you were just talking and I'm like, that, that is what I desire as well. And then it kind of will speak to what we just, we decided to do. So um, we lived in like a regular, like neighborhood, um, townhome community. Well, we were like townhomes within a neighborhood. Um, and we did that for 10 years. Um, I think we probably always had a little bit of a desire. I mean, we could go into like a ton of different stuff because honestly, before I met Kenny, I was moving to New York city. So I like, I am a very like, you know, giant dog or small little one, you know, like, like way out in the country or New York city, like, like there's just not a lot of gray for me. And so, um, when we were doing like the suburban life and, and, um, we've always longed to get to land, but I think as started back when I was, um, I used to be a dental hygienist. And when I was in uh, dental hygiene school, you had to have volunteer community hours. And Kenny and I found this place where it was a farm that raised food for the homeless. And so you would just show Mm -hmm. up and they'd be like, yeah, we just need you to pick rocks out of the field. (laughs) And you'd do that for four (laughs) hours. And I loved it. There was something so like simple and monotonous, like in the labor of your hands, that was just calming. Mm -hmm. Like, and so it kind of planted the seed in me that stayed with me as we lived, you know, in that little town home with one little tiny tree and one little Robin. And I would sit by that window with my coffee and just try to absorb that little bit of nature that I could get and longing for more. So we moved here one, because my boys were getting older and I really believe this is my way of circumventing, I think some deeper issues, but like they were getting older and I wanted them to feel freedom, but I really didn't want to give it to them in a townhome community. Like, especially as a law enforcement family where I'm like, there's drug dealers at the playground. We know that like, it's not a, like, it's not a guess. So it's really hard for me to let your little seven-year-old self walk down there, you know, but here it's like, well, don't get kicked by a cow. Like, I mean, that's, (laughs) so it's like, it was able to give them that freedom that I think children need to have a bull confidence, but really it was me hiding because I'm like, I don't, we talk about risk. There's not a whole lot of risk there. Like, it seems like I'm giving you all this freedom and in a way I am, but the risk is lower. And so I wanted that for them. And I wanted a place to where, um, being in law enforcement. And like I just mentioned, like a playground's not a playground for us and a truck stop's not a truck stop. And I mean, when you've got eyes that it's not Mm. about, um, 
do you wonder if something bad goes down or, you know, it's like, nope, like I can see it for what it is. I know that's exactly what that looks like. And that is a perspective that is brought to your family. Um, Mm -hmm. You just want to break from it. And I don't know if it's the right solution or not, but mine was, well, here, let's just move around. So when you sit on your front porch, you can't say like, see that over there, see that this, see that, that, you know, we can just <laughs> see the cow. Oh, there it goes. Like, you know, like that's it. <laughs> so that would be some of it. I think the connection, the desire to have um, land and animals and just freedom. Like I'm a little bit of a stubborn person. So it's like, it was kind of cool to move to a place where it's like, if I want a cow, like technically I could get one, like you can't have one in a townhome, you know, like they'll tell you no, but like I could get one if I wanted to. And I do want to, I just said to Kenny last night, we were watching some veterinary like English show. And I was like, before I die, I am going to birth a calf. Like I want to do that so bad. I love the connection with the land and the the cycle of seasons and my ability to watch it it reminds me and it grounds me like even in all of I think I said this to you one time in the craziness of 2020 with all the upheaval when literally the cities were burning I would come out and I would stand at the fence and I would listen to the sounds of the cows that 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 they make when they're just chewing the grass when they like rip it up out of the ground. And it was so constant and calming to me that no matter what's happening in the world, there are cows eating grass. I don't know why that's like, you know, but it's like, Hey, here's the cow. He, he doesn't care about any of it. And here he is like eating grass. And it's like an alternate reality that I think some, a lot of us have lost touch with of the, the uh, power in observing nature. Oh, I love all of that. And I do have a cousin that they have a farm in Kansas and that's all they do is birth calves. So you let me know and I'll get you out of Kansas. Oh, yay. Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I was asking. No, but, I do. Um, I want to, yeah, I really do want to do it. I want to wake up at 2am and just be a cow midwife. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, I mean, is that even what you call it? I don't know. I just named myself that. <laughs> Just name yeah, Sarah. I'm, I'm gonna Sarah. change the intro now, Sarah, the, the midwife, the aspiring cow midwife. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, all of that I, I think is a perfect, uh, and I love it. It's so visual, and um, I think it does a great job of explaining, you know, what we want this season to be about. And I think all of our chewing and ruminating <laughs> on, did you get that pun, everybody? Um, all of that on like, what have we actually been through? Like, where are we at as a society? Where are we at as, as um, service families? And, and then what do we actually need? And I think most of us don't really know what we need. We just know that we're exhausted and that we are overwhelmed and that we are, have been reacting for a long time and that we have, maybe a feeling of disconnect, maybe a feeling of like, I feel off, like I don't feel healthy, I don't feel well. And I think that's what we were kind of like, working through a lot of just going, if we don't feel well, how do we get back to a place where we are are in a better state? And so really, it just came down to um, we it was this idea of reconnecting in a lot of ways. And because I think everybody listening has different things happening in their lives. There's a variety of things that I think that you probably need to reconnect with, right? 
Um, for some of us out there, it is about how do I reconnect with myself again? Like maybe you have been giving 150% to everyone just to get them through the past two years, or maybe you were already on that train and then the last two years, you know, magnified it and you are exhausted and you are literally spent and you don't even know who you are, what you love to do, um, what you're good at, what brings you joy. And this is all of us. I mean, all of season six for me was about creating margin in my life so that I could come back to myself and figure out, like, do I want to keep living this way? You know, I'm constantly spinning and constantly, you know, being busy all the time and neglecting myself and my spirit. And how do I create that margin? So if you are not on the newsletter, um, the Life Giver newsletter, um, Every it's once a month, and we are covering how to create margin in your life. and And I'm so excited. Some of you have gave, given me some great responses. Where I mean, we've we've even simplified the newsletter. There's not really many, if at all, images. It is just some words for you to read through and reset, and a kind of a, a call to action on how to reset for the month, or or a way to think for the next month on how to create the space. And then the whole idea of how do you create space and then figure out what you actually love again. And I and again, this is all of us. I've gone through that for the past year, and I'm still trying to figure it out. I had a conversation with Matt yesterday where I was like, man, those things that you love to do in college, you let them go. Like he was a potter and a photographer. He was an artist and like military life is not conducive to us buying and traveling and relocating with a kiln and a pottery, potter, pottery wheel. Like it's just not. And so he had to kind of throw out this thing that brought him joy. And so it's us starting to have those conversations again of like, do we find you a pottery studio? Like, what if you did that once a week? Like, what are those things? And he finally last night came to me and said, I think I'm going to take back rock climbing again. He did that in college. And I was like, hundred percent, go do it. Yeah. Take your, take our son with you or don't like I, but he had to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it takes reconnecting with yourself and stilling yourself long enough to even ask yourself those questions. So when we talk about season seven being about reconnecting, um, it is about, for some of you, it's going to be about how do you reconnect with yourself? Um, how do you reconnect with your relationships? Some of you guys are, are feeling like you're on parallel tracks and you're rarely connecting with each other. Maybe you're working different shifts. You're on, you know, your, your spouse is on the night shift. Perhaps you're, you've been through a lot of deployments and trainings and you're just passing like ships in the night, right? So some of you are longing to reconnect in your relationships, but the world has become so loud and busy and our responsibilities have become so full. We don't, or rarely do we make the time and effort to reconnect in our relationships. So um, it could be reconnecting with nature. It could be like, you have to decide who, whoever's listening right now, you have to be the one to think about as we go through this season what is it that you need to reconnect with? And only you know that. And I'm going to trust that as you listen throughout the season, as we talk about different things, things are going to pop up in your mind and you're going to start kind of waking up to um, that which you feel you are lacking. And so that's why we named this season Reconnect. Um, 
we want you to just reconnect with the thing that you have maybe forgotten or put on the back burner or um, what you need to kind of sit on your front porch. I love that metaphor of with the safety of what you value behind you and yet the world in front of you, how do you kind of sit on that line and determine for yourself what you value, what's important to you, what's not important to you? And then even harder, how do you actually take the steps to do something different. And we're going to talk about that too. Yeah. When we, right before we started, I really quick was like, give me the definition of reconnect because I'm such a word person. And it says to meet or come into contact again after a long absence. And so I think it just Mm. kind of summarizes, like, don't you feel like, you know, we have been so, again, speaking to that reactive, like, the bomb went off in 2020 and then like subsequent bombs like kept going off. And now it's like, okay, but life is still going on. There is still life to be led and lived here. And so how do we circle back and, you know, and come back into contact with things that have been gone for a long time. And maybe we don't pick some of them back up. Like maybe, maybe Matt will never get back into pottery. Like maybe it was just for that season. But Mm -hmm. there is something, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to go back and like get the big barrel bangs, but maybe there's something too, like when you're longing for the big barrel bangs or, or, or whatever it may be that you can pick up and and find. But I think it starts with those questions. And I just love to like in a world where everyone wants to tell you what to do and how to do it. I just love like, nope, you have Mm -hmm. to figure it out. Like we can lead you on the questions and that's really what it is. It's about the margin to sit down and ask yourself the hard questions, but to ask yourself the questions and to force yourself to go there and to think, but you get to control and you decide what you pick up and what you put down and what you have ascribed value to and what no longer serves you. Oh, I love that so much. And you're right. There is so much out there on do this, don't do that, eat this way, don't eat that way. Like it's just too much. And I think we forget that we have control. Mm -hmm. You have control on, and that's what I think I feel. I feel like I've been on repeat for the last year for my own sake. Like I get to decide what my day looks like. And I get to put my head on the pillow to go, did I like the decisions that I made today? Do I want to make those same decisions tomorrow? Or do I need to switch it up a little bit tomorrow? And it's almost like I've been on this quest of figuring out the right formula wherever I can for like, what are, now that doesn't mean I'm scripting out my whole day, but like, what are the important components that I need in my day to feel like I lived fully and presently and I had the choice to have my day what I needed it to be instead of feeling reactive. Like I'm, my day is going to be affected by what happens on the news Mm -hmm. and then my entire day shifts Mm -hmm. or my kids come home and have a bad day at school. And now my whole day has shifted. Mm -hmm. Like I would go to bed going, Oh my gosh, it was another stressful day. And I just wanted to be like, at what point do I get to decide how I react to that stress and whether or not I'm going to allow it to ruin a day or ruin a moment or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So I'm so excited, so excited um, on the direction that we're going. Okay, so we only have a few minutes left for this um, first episode, but I, there are a couple things that we wanted to to kind of give you a heads up on. Hopefully you've noticed the intro. I'm so excited about the intro. It has just this like homey song feeling to it. So um, there's even words to it. That's not something I've had for a long time. So I'm, I'm very excited about just the intro feels and hopefully puts you in a state of mind of just kind of, and I hope when you hear it, it's that call to action to slow yourself and just kind of like, 
literally sit on your front porch or go for that walk or just allow your spirit to slow down a little bit and just be present just for a moment. Um, and I wanted to also talk a little bit about the album cover. Um, we really wanted to, we went back and forth. I was like, you know, Sarah is in Virginia. I'm in Texas. There's no way I'm going to get a photo of the two of us together without splicing it together. And that didn't feel right. And I thought about the front porch for the longest time. I was like, Sarah, take a picture of your front porch. It's probably everything I would I'm, that's in my head. Um, but then I'm like, I, I don't know if people would understand what I'm trying to convey. And so not this album cover necessarily is obvious, but, but um, really it came down to, um, I found this Japanese symbol. It's called an Enso. Some people call it a Zen circle. Um, no, I'm not going new agey on this, but I loved what it represented. It is um, and the various things that I've looked up. And if you guys know something more, please feel free to message me and let me know. But what I did look up is that it is a symbol. It's There's so much in this one symbol of, of a simple circle. Um, but it was it's basically a calligraphy that starts at one point and in one stroke makes almost a complete circle. And so there is a commitment to that artist to put that um, brush to paper, if you will. It's a commitment to do it in one stroke. It is this um, being present in the moment and not stopping and starting and stopping and starting and just committing and being present to it. It is embracing the imperfections that can happen along the way. Your, your brush is going to, to run low on ink by the time you get around, right? Like you have to embrace the imperfections that it's not going to be a perfect circle. It's not going to be a perfect line. It's not even going to like the, the depth and the width of that stroke is even going to vary as you go to complete this circle. And so I loved the fact that it was about embracing imperfection. I loved the fact that it wasn't complete yet. And it's about this journey that we're on and that, um, it's, it's about embracing that we're not finished yet. And there, there's plenty of time to make decisions and alter a course, but in, accept our own imperfection in the process. And so as I was thinking about what does it mean to reconnect with ourselves or with our family, with our um, spouse or, or whatever you're going to reconnect to this year? Um, I don't know. It just felt like that circle represented the journey in some sense. So Sarah, I don't, that was a lot of like, Sarah, we're doing the circles. I don't even know if you have thoughts on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love how calming it is. And I just love how beautiful it is. It's, <clears throat> it's like a weird like juxtaposition because it's like the beauty of not trying, but yet being intentional enough to, to, or risky enough to, to try, like, because if you think about like, if you sat down to try to make a perfect circle, I would think it would actually look crappier, <laughs> you know, but yes. it's like in that, like free in the free flow, I don't know how to even, I actually am at a loss for words. Cause it's like all the things it's like starting, but then allowing it to flow, like being brave enough to start. I don't know, mm -hmm. embracing the beauty that comes out of that I, rather than that's why I love it. And like, the more you look at it, the more, and you more, you have to still <clears throat> your spirit to look at it and be thoughtful about it. And I, I just imagine that artist starting and you, 
it's very similar to what I'm learning on the cello, which is so frustrating because like, I just want to sit down and learn to play the cello. But when I take, when I have a lesson, they're like, you cannot play the cello until you take a deep breath and you like release all the anxiety out of your body and get all the anxiety out of your shoulders and your arms. And you just have to let go. And the more you let go, the better you play. Yeah. And that's yeah. so different from the rest of my day. But that's what that circle I think reminds me of. Like I just imagine that artist taking a deep breath and releasing all of that anxiety and just taking the risk, like you're saying, and just being very present with that one simple thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, we've been talking about like, let's just simplify things just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be graceful with ourselves <laughs> just a little bit. So Okay. I think the only thing left for us to talk about is, um, is really, and Sarah, please join me in this conversation because you and I have had a lot of conversations over the last six months about social media. Now, when I brought you on board and kind of started to include you more, you were already off social media. I bailed um, in living June of 2020. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I was like, did you see that on Facebook? She's like, I'm not there. I'm not there. <laughs> and so again, you're this alter ego for me. And, um, I've had so many, she's almost been a therapist for me at times. Cause I'm like, I just am so frustrated with it. Um, and I, and yet it's a front porch conversation because it's not something that I can leave entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm even getting college information now on Facebook. So it's not something I can leave entire entirely, but We've thought a lot about as we're putting the newsletter out on creating margin in your life and creating the white space and what's really taking up your time and what do you value most and what do we have to start? I mean, even March's newsletter was sometimes you've got to like cut some things off that are not like life-giving. And um, a lot of times I feel like social media is not life-giving for me. And how do I cut that off when I still need to be on it in some other ways? And so what we've decided to do, what I've decided to do is that I'm going to be on social media a whole lot less. In fact, um, if you want to reach out to me, we are going to kind of like, I'm going to shut down a lot of those um, profiles, but mainly I'm encouraging you to reach out through email um, and, and go through my website and just simplify things a little bit and maybe even think for yourself, you know, if you need to be on it for work, then go for it. If it's bringing value to your life, again, this is your decision for sure on what's best for your life and what you need in your life. But if you're on the fence like I am, maybe consider what would it look like to either take it off of you know some devices but leave them on others or make a commitment to only going to them for certain things and, and really... Um, asking yourself how to use that time. And so we want to model that um, throughout this season as well. So I'm going to be on social media a whole lot less. In fact, by the time this comes out, if you go to my Instagram, you're probably only going to see the album cover for the podcast. Um, Same thing on Facebook as just kind of like my like stopping point as best as I can for now. So Sarah, you kind of talked with me a lot over the last six months about all of that. So do you want to share some of your thoughts as we've kind of talked through it, what we're hoping to do with it, with the newsletter, anything on your mind? Yeah, I think it just goes back to, well, I think as far as the newsletter and what we're trying to do is kind of lead out by example. This is the decision that you have made um, on how to utilize your social media or how to utilize technology to 
be effective yet still within how you want to use it. And I think sometimes with technology, now you have to know my background, which is like, man, if I could get a shotgun and like blow up my TV, I would like, like I hate screens. Like I hate, I'm like, my friends once told me, cause I just love the Amish and they're like, Sarah, you could never visit. Like you would not come back. Like, and it's true. Like I, I would just probably completely assimilate, like leave it all behind. But if we're talking about being intentional and reconnecting, this is one of those areas where as technology has continued and developed and it's not all bad and it can serve a good purpose. I think we've allowed ourselves to let it tell us what we're Mm going to, what, what we should do with it. And what you actually need to ask is like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of even similar, like, well, which room am I going to put a TV in? It's kind of the same thing of like, you know, what am I using my Facebook for? I'm using a fake Facebook account to check out when the ice cream store is open. (laughs) That's what I use it for. (laughs) So I have a, it's a, it's like a fake account in that there are no friends, no anything. It's got a marketplace. You know, that's like my personal thing of, you know, and I stalk you like, so I can see what you're doing on yours. But like, other than that, um, it was a great way to just shut out for me, like the negative parts. I had to ask myself, what is this doing? for my psyche, not much good, but I mm-hmm. live in a society where the little local ice cream shop doesn't have a website anymore. They only put their stuff on Facebook. So I might have mm-hmm. to keep it, but then I have to be really intentional of how I use mm-hmm. it. And that I don't get lost on the news feed that it still tries to give me. Cause it's still trying to guess how it can make me like, you know, confirm all my thoughts, you know, it's still trying to guess me. And I got to keep, I always like delight. And when they give me something just so random, I'm like, no, you don't have me pegged at all. You have no idea. But, um, but yeah, just asking and that again, that's not going to be just this sweeping thing of everybody leave it. Everybody don't use it. It's like, nope, if you have to use it for work, do you have to use it? in the evenings, like to just scroll feeds, is that the part that's not bringing you joy? If you're using it to connect with family, that's all the way across. Okay. But do you need to connect with your, you know, do you need to have your, everybody that, you know, from high school and on, and you know, how do you use it? Find your purpose Mm -hmm. for what it's for, because it's kind of just became this everything of like, everything is on it. You can do everything. And I just, I'm not really big into a one size fits all. Like if you want to use your, I think that's what I miss about the technology of like yesteryear is like, you just had a clock. That was it. Like, or you just had a, you know, if you look at my phone, it has no apps. You can't see them. I've hidden them all because I get so or distracted, my, you know, and I just want to play my music. Walkman, yes. my Walkman where I could just put my tape in it yes. that I choose and it's not making any decisions for me. That's right. Yeah. So you have to just that's decide, right. you have to tell that technology what you want it to be. Don't let it tell you. I what love you, that. You know. I'm I'm actually walking away from our conversation with that in mind, and that's something I'm going to be thinking a lot about. Um, Sarah, I'm so so excited about you joining me this season. Thank you for taking the risk to join me. Um, we have some great topics that are coming up. We're going to talk about like how um, we're hoping to share. Yes, Sarah and I are going to like go through some tough questions, some tough conversations, um, kind of wade through this season with you. Um, it's going to be very topical from episode to episode. Um, we're going to have some people coming in and, and couples even sharing their stories of reconnection, whether it's a couple reconnecting in their relationship or whether it is an individual that's sharing how they reconnected with themselves. And so I'm very excited to share stories too with you guys. And so Um, It's going to be a fantastic season. And Sarah, I'm just so glad that you're on this journey with me. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. 
Thank you for listening to the Life Your Podcast. We keep things pretty simple around here and don't include sponsors so that you can get our focused attention. So please subscribe, leave us a quick review, or share it with other service families you know. If you would like more information or want to connect, you can find out more by going to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org for tons of content and resources. Don't forget, we are taking a break from social media and encouraging you to create more margin in your life as well.